And now, three hats with opinions in them. One's got a Brandon, one's got a Paul, and one's got a Chris. It's Circle Three. What up? What's up? What's up? What's Hi, up, everyone? Everybody. It is what Circle is Three. Happening? Episode Five. What is hat pinning? Hat pinning. Oh, I mean, dang. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah, I went back there in time. <clears throat> it is beautiful here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We've been experiencing weather in the 80s all week. And uh, after a long winter and being in a lockdown currently, uh, at least being able to get outside and do some stuff. No disc golf yet. Uh, they tease today, May 26th, so that's like seven days away. That's super exciting. I went like cross-eyed saying that. I got so excited. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's beautiful out. I've been putting like crazy. I've just been heading to the field and, and throwing discs and just really been enjoying the weather with the kids. We've been going on bike rides, having a great time. What have you guys been getting up to? About oh. six foot one. <laughs> That's pretty solid, dude. I'm like five, eight and a half. I round up ain't to five, no, nine, but. Ain't no party like a dad joke party. Yeah. <clears throat> this, uh, I interrupted your, your week in review though, Paul. Go ahead. No, I, that was what I was going to say. I could say more. Uh, let's Please. see. Uh, moments ago, I made a sandwich for our visual li listeners. You can see it's insufficiently consumed. Uh, what else? What am I? Producer. What a, oh, pomegranate popsicles. That's the topic of the Ooh, night here at the Blair household. Ooh. That got a double. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> oh, mm -hmm. oh. And as my executive producer here just pointed out, there was a beautiful rainbow that formed as the podcast started. And I, I'm just saying. like, And the unicorns danced uh -huh. in was, on that rainbow. Eerie. Now they're frolicking in a lake behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Where else would you frolic? I mean, it's summertime. I mean, Paul got you his green screen. You can frolic anywhere. I frolicked That's... in the bathtub once. <laughs> Chris Kearns, what about you, buddy? Uh, this week's been pretty solid. Yeah, the weather's getting good here, too. Um, been thinking warm. Got my championship floral hat on. God, I love and, that. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, in Michigan, we don't have to wear masks anymore. So if you're you know, vaccinated, which I am, and I'm sure everyone is, but, <laughs> um, Actually, yeah, um, the weather's, the weather's been to admit. good. What's if, that? If you, Confessions. Um, <clears throat> I actually haven't worn a, a mask during any of these podcast recordings. So sorry, oh, guys. Man. See, mine's green, so you can't tell. <laughs> oh, that's so that's, smart. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> No, it's been a good week. Been uh, ramping up with outdoor activities, and um, you know, I I did want to take a second to just raise awareness real quick to something that's really close to my heart, which is, and I'm sure you guys have have participated in this today, but today is National Barber Mental Health Awareness Day. So, really, this today? Man, that sneaks yep. up on me every year. I know, I know. I actually, I always set up a haircut on that day. And it's like my automatic reminder. Um, and those are my best haircuts. Yeah. So I, uh, I tried to get to my barber today, but I had to trim it out of my schedule. 
It's, it's a tough call. It's a tough call <laughs> I see. I see what you did there. You took my kind of joke and made uh, it your own. Well, we gotta we gotta thank our sponsors first and foremost. Whether you're an audio listener, whether you are watching us live on YouTube, uh, our sponsors are the same. They are Wolfpack Discs, Sweet Spot Disc Golf, and uh, we thank them so much for their support. Uh, in sponsoring Circle 3, we are going to be doing an awesome Sweet Spot Disc Golf giveaway live for our YouTube viewers tonight. Uh, we will be doing a Wolfpack Discs giveaway for our audio Wolfpack. listeners. Wolfpack this week, I promise Wolfpack. it will get posted. And uh, we got some extra giveaways from last week uh, to give away this week too. So we're going to be doing an awesome giveaway <laughs> post tomorrow. Check out for that. And uh, the podcast, which will be posted to apple podcasts and spotify we got some great topics of conversation for you guys tonight and we will kick things off with the otb open uh what an awesome weekend seriously lived up to the name only the best courses from what i've heard from pro players sounds so like from what I've heard from pro players I've been talking to the last couple of days. Um, <laughs> from, from what I've heard from some of the, the, the pros, the Just drop all the names at once. <laughs> the experience there was bar none. And I don't doubt that for a second because Danny and the team know how to throw it down. I'm going to quote Mr. Paul Blair, who was quoting Mr. Danny Corbett, who said he literally cannot throw some of these guys out of his house they're having such a great time hanging out there and uh just just so incredible just such great disc golf a plus everything for me yeah as someone who did not attend i must say that uh, the weather was excellent um, <laughs> but i really enjoyed seeing other kinds of weather uh, i thought the coverage was good on disc golf network subscribe today um and, uh, yes. you know, no, not to spoil it, but uh, I did call both the winners. So I feel okay about that, too. <clears throat> well, those we of you can't... who missed my prognostications, you can go back to the last episode and you can listen to these two folks get them wrong. And me get yeah, it was edited. Paul edited it. <laughs> we can't spoil care. it. And we are going to spoil it, folks. So this is your, this is your spoiler alert. If uh, you do not want to see or hear results of the OTB Open, you can skip ahead. We will... Uh, Eagle one. Time tag. <laughs> we'll put a time tag in the podcast notes. But yes, here is our MPO results for our visual viewers, for our listeners. We've got the UDISC scorecard up on the screen, uh, and it shows you a decisive win by Mr. Eagle McMahon. Yeah, he. Uh, it, it's the last day had what had was it three or four eleven down. Like some, some people seem to warm up to the course, but he, he got there and just decided to do that the whole time, which uh, in my careful study of historic uh, disc golf scores, it seems like if you do that, you win more. So well done, Mr. McMahon. It's a good strategy. Score low every day. And to put it in perspective, he won by four strokes, taking a bogey on the final hole while everyone else chasing him birdied. The closey bogey so, <laughs> should have won by six strokes, could have won by six strokes if he followed the trend. And uh, one thing that I'm not so proud that I predicted, but I did was the what's become typical this year. Calvin Heimberg kind of implosion at the end of the final round. He was within two strokes of Eagle 
Uh, and then we saw two bogeys within three holes to kind of just put him completely outside of things as Eagle birdied both of those. Yeah, Tom indeed. Is, he is uh... so reliable, though. I mean, you can't go wrong. Has he not finished top five? Like, at all? He's he's always in the mix. He's oh, always right there. Absolutely. I should have the stats. I don't have that stat. Let's just say <laughs> he never has. He's never finished outside the top five. So that's I, good news. I doubt he. I doubt he has either. And that's a that's a great point, Kearns. But I mean, does that uh, does that take home the titles? Always a bridesmaid, well, some, never a bride. Some. Well, it gets you. It gets you a winless. buy in the championship, right? It Absolutely, you, it does. I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be well rested, um, and. I mean, that's that's the beautiful thing, right? So here's the thing. If he misses the first two days of competition, then, right, if he's got two strong days like he did here, he could take it. Because he won't have to play day three. So he can Heard blow that. up on the day after. Heard so again, that. you got to use your head to get the strategies but, going. Uh, I thought the course, I'm usually not a big fan of golf course, disc golf. Golf, and golf course. They... And I mean, everyone was praising it, but they really did an incredible job. When you're watching the coverage, you don't get the feel that you're on a golf course. They did a great job utilizing that property, you know, having a strategy on where to put the tee pads, line up with the trees that they did have to bring water in play. I didn't think there were a lot of luck shots at all. Um, tremendous layout and wow, I just want to go work on rollers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I have to say, as I approach my older age, rollers are looking better and better. Uh, have no, you ever no. seen so many rollers in no. a couple of days of coverage, like in <laughs> in your life? Last and time I saw that many rollers was when I knocked my bag over. What What I loved watching, though, was when other people were setting up for those rollers, watching Eagle throw 400-foot flex shots that didn't go more than 20 feet off of the ground. It was just absolutely incredible to see him carve some of those fairways and, and throw those low shots that just had so much glide. It sounds corny, but that like there's like a freaking jetpack behind the dish, just disc, just pushing it, keeping it up. And you look at players that did well here, and a lot of them are players that throw far. Anthony Barella had a great showing. Looks like he got mm -hmm. his putting together, which is fantastic. No bogeys on the final round. Uh, well, and can we also, can we talk about Aaron who? Gossage. Yeah. The, uh, you know, he's, he's the next unsponsored miracle kid, right? If he can keep this up. Yeah, I'm, one thing I, I really love about Aaron is that I actually know nothing about him, so. <laughs> He's uh, the grandson of the cousin of Goose Gossage, famous Major League Baseball pitcher. That's For real? what I know about him. <laughs> yep. Did you just ruin your own news update? Or? Hope that, not. Uh, no, but it, that would have been smart to put in there. Um, I know I know the one guy we were all, all kind of rooting for and everyone was super pumped to see you was our man Simon Lazat, who finished 13th, first show back. And what he he's rated 1035, right? He goes out, shoots 1026, 1032, 1047. So he averaged this, right about his rating. Yeah, he averaged his rating <clears throat> after completely reworking his entire mental game. His whole approach to like, you know, 
the Lazat line may be dead. We'll have to ask him at some point. But you know, he's <clears throat> he's playing more with his head, less with his elbow. He's talked about that, and he still comes out and is just hanging in the top twenty, no problem, even while completely covered in rust. And Reminds you guys me can, of my game. You guys can see me looking here too if you're watching along uh, on our UDisc scoreboard. Shout out to UDisc. Uh, if you don't use UDisc, what are you doing? That should be the slogan for UDisc. I'm going to pitch that to Steve Hill next time I'm talking to him. If you don't use UDisc, what are you doing? Uh, UDisc. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, Disc? <laughs> Anyways, um, check out the UDisc scoreboard. Simon improved every round, which is not something you see from Simon Lazat. What you see from Simon Lazat or is... Or Kelvin Heimberg, apparently. Is... <laughs> is <laughs> a poor first round and someone who's like hey i gave it a shot let's go out there and have fun and throw bombs and impress the people but it looks like simon tried day after day to play better golf which i think is awesome and i think it's a good sign of him knowing he needs to adjust to where he's at physically right now and he said that when we were chatting at the dynamic this open a couple weeks ago just talking about how you know He's not at 100% physically. He's not close to it. And he's at a point where he can't do the Simon stuff, the the things that everyone's used to. And if he wants to have fun, he needs to try to compete. And he needs to try to compete differently. So it was cool to see him improve only one bogey in the final round. Uh, some, some pretty great golf from Simon. What about Brody? Couple good tournaments Who? from Brody Smith. Couple good tournaments. Oh, sorry, uh, Discraft forgot to put him on the graphic that was a little awkward there but uh what about our yeah. man brody smith a couple great tournaments from him chris kearns how do you feel about that um I, I mean i think it's last year was kind of like half a rookie year for him so i've i've been kind of excited to see what he does this year as as like an actual full like pro tour so um i think he's showing up and he's he's way ahead of schedule in my opinion you know, on where anybody would be. So, I mean, his rise was, I don't know if we've seen that one that quick. I mean, the guy last year probably threw more putts than I've thrown my whole life. So, you know, I like seeing someone come in and take a, you know, a professional athlete approach to the sport. And, and I think it does go to show some people, I guess my message of hope to some would be like, Hey, don't worry. You didn't have to get into this when you were five. You know, we're starting to see a lot of gangsters that started playing, you know, before they could ride a bike. But, you know, if you dedicate yourself, you can, you get hooked, you get passionate about it. You can go pretty far. Yeah. If you have a, a professional ultimate career leading up to it and 2 million YouTube followers, you too can easily step into the game. Well, I think it's a testament to that he's taking that experience he has and... Oh, absolutely. I think other people are learning from it. I'm seeing a vast improvement in the social media games of the likes of people like Simon, people like Paul, just trying to make videos that are a little bit more engaging. And then you see disc golf companies like Latitude 64. I'll give them a huge shout out with Jonathan Fassberg putting out mm -hmm. just incredibly engaging content and really, really realizing that there's so many people out there that are at the very base of this iceberg and have no idea what disc golf is and are so eager to learn. And I think that's what Brody's so good at is he might seem a little, you know, fratty and bro, and he, he plays up that brand, right? But at the same time, 
he's not patronizing. He's not a douche. He's his videos are great. His explanations are awesome. He he talks really well through his shots and what he's feeling and what he's experiencing. And I think that's what new disc golfers want to hear and want to see. And it's it's super engaging content. And one trend I love that I've seen is that you'll watch, you know, a, a practice round and the front nine is on Yuli's YouTube channel. He's like, hey, love you want to see the back nine? You know, go to mm -hmm. Conrad's or somebody, you know, and so I love how pros are kind of bumping each other's social media. It's kind of cool to see that. Yeah. Hey, and if you're a pro and you want to bump somebody else's media, contact, <laughs> well, any of us, actually. We've, we've got some ideas. See. Actually, just one idea. Yes. You want to be on the show? <laughs> well, That's our idea. Got a great, great perks package. Paul was two for two. That was one of the teasers. And the second part of that two for two was Miss page pierce so i will eat my shirt and uh here's my shirt i'm gonna eat it it's uh man did she come back and play no bogeys in that final round just so solid through to the final stroke just so awesome to watch and that was a late round i was up here it was like 9 15 eastern and they're still playing the final hole mm-hmm yeah and she was she, you know I don't know what more to say. You kind of summed it up. She did what uh, she did what she does. You know, she and Kat did what they do. It, it was sort of that wonderfully, like, never unexpected, but always fantastic battle to the last between Kat and Paige. And uh, then, you know, what happens happened. I realize that doesn't sound very deep, but if you've been watching these folks for any length of time, you know you know what I mean. I'm just saving you time, okay? I'm saving you the time of hearing what you already know. So <laughs> don't get indignant in here. Yeah, so, it was good to see Paige back, refreshed, a little time in Hawaii. Maybe I need a Hawaii trip. Oh, wait, I'm going this fall. And uh, <laughs> so hopefully I win like a winner C tier when I get back. But uh, I did call that one, so I was I was half there. But um, yeah, it was good to see a good, a classic Paige Katrina battle. Jessica Weiss came out the gate hot. She had the hot round. She was she played super good to start it. I mean, the whole weekend she played pretty good. She was over her her worst round was thirteen points over her rating. So it was yeah, nice I mean, to see three ladies in double digits. I think honestly, the the you know the Paige Pierce headline that and Paige Cat battle that's that's an easy top story but if you scroll down and just take them off that leaderboard there's an incredible tournament right down there <laughs> like well, third look at number 6 mhm mm yeah it was look at the showing was, by Juliana Corver shooting 3 under par at a say. beast of a chorus yeah. and number well six. I mean she's been if you've been watching if you follow Juliana Corver on uh, Instagram and social media if you don't what are you doing? That's going to be my new uh, my, my new slogan. Anyway, well, so we've got uh, catchphrases now. She's, she's been she's been practicing for the world roller distance record for a while now. That's what she's been shooting videos of. So when she got out there and she saw those opportunities for rollers, she was probably like, "Hell yeah, let's go!" <laughs> you can't talk goat conversation without talking about Juliana Corver. Absolutely. I thought you were gonna say Erica Stinchbaum or Erica Stinchcomb. Sorry, but... no, nothing against Erica. But I'm <laughs> Jake. I was super pumped to see J.K. on 
the feature card. Oh, yeah. And when they showed the intro, like her winning her first Worlds, like I got goosebumps. So yeah. I, that was that was exciting. I, that was a treat for me. And it's true. To those listening at home, he, Chris actually narrated those goosebumps in our podcast chat. So um, <laughs> he's not lying. <clears throat> and I have therapy tomorrow. So this this leads into a conversation I wanted to have with you guys. Congrats to everyone with an awesome performance at the OTB Open. Uh, conversation I wanted to have about the local advantage. So to put it in perspective, we see these tournaments and there's always these names, right? These names that sometimes pop up at the top of the board and we say, oh, have I heard that name before? Maybe I have. There's a lot of these players that either don't have the time or don't have the money or just aren't in the situation to tour nationally, right? So they're playing mm -hmm. their local events. How do you guys feel about that local advantage? Do you guys feel that local players have an actual advantage when it comes to something as big as an A tier at their home course? Does that help them? Does that hinder them? Paul, you seem like you got something to say. I'd love to hear it. All I can say is it doesn't work for me. Um, I've tried living near a number of courses and uh, playing them <laughs> regularly, and it, it has not. Um, yeah, so it, it, it may work for some, uh, but at least in my case, it, it what it usually means is that I know the mistakes I'm going to make, <clears throat> and then I uh, and then I make them. Um, so, so that's 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 really kind of it. Uh, on a more serious note, though, uh, I mean, it's, it's undeniable that there's an effect because you, you do see some people that are touring popping up at their local events in the, in the top, you know, top five, top ten uh, when they're in their home areas. There's a couple of folks in Eugene that come to mind. Um, speaking of which, Scott Stokely took what? Like, like he was top ten, wasn't he, this last weekend? Anyway, uh, congratulations to you, Scott. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Chris, you actually have some skill. What do you think? Um, I have am one skill on a good day, but <laughs> I, my observation is that, FM. yeah, is that, um, <laughs> the, the lower the division, I think the more it matters. So I think if you're looking at MA3, MA2, MA1, or FA2, um, I think the lower divisions, the local factor matters more because I think it's a lot more of like their game might be tailored more to that course. Um, but I think once you get up to a higher level of um, MA1 or open, they have all the shots. They show up early. They practice, um, you know, kind of the cream rises to the top type type scenario. But uh, I mean, you'll definitely see from time to time. I mean, we've got some. It's, and I don't want to offend local homies, but there's some people that nationally you may not know of, um, especially depending on when you got into disc golf. But if you're going to come into Michigan and play and you're a high level pro or anybody, you might get surprised by some people here. I mean, I, he hasn't toured as much the last few years, but John Perry, he's on team disc draft. Um, he's a killer. Um, Nate Wagren. I know he's he was touring a lot a couple years ago. I don't know if he's touring a whole lot this year, but Nate's a local guy that's a freaking killer. Um, one of my favorites. This is 
this is from the heart, but my boy Pat Burke. Um, he's actually getting pretty close to a thousand rated, but he'll travel for like Memorial one or two events a year, but he wins like 15 events a year here locally. He'll, he'll crush people. Um, George Bino has been on team Discraft close to a thousand rated forever. And he hasn't, I don't think tours much last couple of years, but, um, there's a lot of people, even you look on the lady side, Michigan, um, you know, Liz Carr, Sarah DeMar, Aaron Oakley, a legend in my heart. Um, we, and actually Stacy Hass, who just got on the underground team, I think she's 16 and she just destroyed a field of like 40 MA3 guys in a tournament. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think overall the, the lower the division, I think the more of a home field advantage you'll see if you if you have an AM3 come from out of state and play at another AM3's local course. But I think once you get into open, it's not as big of a factor. I love what Vince says in the chat. He says he thinks it hinders people. Having an experience at multiple courses in multiple environments helps you adapt to different obstacles. And Vince, I agree so much. So we have local guys here. Uh, and I'll call them out right now if they're watching because I share this in my Ooh. local group too. <laughs> we've got a we've got a uh, chorus near me, uh, and it used to be my home chorus. It's beautiful, called White Spruce Park, uh, and it's a beautiful wooded courses where most of the holes are between 180 and 300 feet. Uh, they are very playable par three holes, but it's very wooded, so it's a challenging course. But when it's your home course and you go there and you play it five times a week, four times a week, you learn the lines, you learn to play the course. So you take these guys that play at White Spruce to any other course in Ontario, and you know what their attitude is? It's, well, that's a shitty course. Well, that's, not a good, <laughs> that's not a good course. No, I don't like it there. It's, it's not, oh, is it too hard? No, no, no. It's just, just not a good course. It's like, and that's because you play the same course five days a week every week and you love your lines and you love your place and vince i couldn't agree more uh my game got so much better when i started taking the extra 10 15 minutes to drive somewhere else uh and switch it up and play the wooded course some days and play the wide open park course where i have to throw 420 foot par threes instead um and and it will do huge things for you to play in different environments and not get used to leaning on routine but leaning on routine shots and what you said, Kearns, and I think that leads exactly into the point you were making, right? About how at that open level, it doesn't matter because a pro sees, all right, I've got a hole that's 370 feet. I've got a tree 220 feet in that I got to play to the right of, but then I got to fade it back and okay, perfect. Ties or flip. They know exactly what shot to throw from, from their field work, from their bag. You get down to MA2 and the guy who's never played that course before is like, uh, I really like throwing my Firebird. I'm going to throw my Firebird. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and so. one thing, it's like me and my me and my buddies, one thing we used to do was, and we have a lot of courses here in Michigan, and like every uh, every Saturday we'd be like, all right, what's a course we haven't played? And we'd sometimes we'd do a day trip, like two-hour drive, and go play yeah. a couple rounds. I mean, I've played like 130 courses in Michigan alone. I love it. And one thing that's nice, and I've I've talked to some other people about this, is 
when you go to a course, if you don't have a lot of time to practice, like at Ledgestone this year, like I've never played Ledgestone. I'm actually shacking up with my boy, Paul Blair. I told him he could be whichever spoon he wants. But um, I feel like we could have phrased that better. No, nah, I'm good with it. I'm no. at peace. Um, but there's going to be, I'm not going to be able to practice all the courses I'm playing. But there will be certain holes where I'm like, okay, this is, <laughs> this, this hole is like, you know, hole five at this other course I played. And so I know the shot there. I'm going to duplicate it here. So you can, if you've played a lot of courses, even though you're playing something new, you can relate it to another hole you've played that's similar. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. And our sponsors love it too. And we're going to take some time right now and kick it over to them. Uh, so we're going to cut to a quick commercial break for Wolfpack Discs, for Sweet Spot Disc Golf. Uh, coming back out of that, we've got Mr. Paul Blair with your news for the week. We'll see you soon here on Circle 3. Gather round, children. I, Ganfrof, will tell you a tale of the times before. Of a legendary place, the sweetest spot in all the land, where circles of plastic would appear, glowing from our screens, and with the ritual of the cart, they would appear days later at our doors. The richest colors, the finest discs, and the kindest people. Oh, it truly was a sweet spot for disc golf. Some say this place still exists. It's vault sealed. The treasures glittering inside, awaiting the great prophecy of Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And that comes again. I hope you will be there. Sweet Spot Disc Golf. So good, our advertising department writes fan fiction about us. You know that sound. That's the sound of grabbing up Wolfpack. at the end of a long week. There's nothing better than cracking open a cold uh, wolf? and feeling that buzz. Uh, that's discraft. D discraft buzz. Start to take hold. At the end of a long work day, at the end of a long week, reach for us. Wolfpack discs. We'll be there. Paul, do you like bananas? Yep. <clears throat> Me too. That's good news right there, isn't it? Well, what y'all missed this week, while Kearns was looking down and not realizing we were back, <clears throat> wasn't a whole lot. Uh, <clears throat> in disc approval news, there were some, but frankly... You know, this, this podcast started out of a Discraft related group. Uh, we're, we're friends with all the brands, but nothing from the majors this week. Uh, still some lingering resentment over the Innova Grenade. Still a terrible name. Worth mentioning again. Why would you choose that name? We're going to be mentioning that for a while until you come out with the Innova Apology. That would cover a lot of bases. <clears throat> this weekend coming up is the 2021 PDGA United States Women's Disc Golf Championship. Or Uswadgk, if you prefer to say things awkwardly. Um, 
Whether Paige is going to take first or tie with herself for first is yet to be seen. But we'll be watching the coverage on Disc Golf Network, I think. I'm actually only assuming that. This isn't well-researched, but why wouldn't it be there? In other news, in actual news, in other news sources, apparently people are noticing that disc golf is becoming popular. The news seems to do this every couple of months, then they forget about it, then they come back. Uh, this week, there's an assortment of articles which you can go find yourself. I'm not your servant. Lots of stuff to read out there. And that's about it. Sorry. I was supposed to give you three minutes. We can talk about green things if you want. A lot of them out there on the disc golf course in Oregon. <laughs> green bananas? Plantains? Plantains? Ooh, not a fan oh, of plantains. Um, <laughs> you ever had I, fried plantains? My stomach is hurting. That made me laugh <laughs> so hard. I unmuted that at the most absolute perfect time. And uh, <laughs> we're back. <laughs> we're keeping that in the audio version. We are back on Circle 3. Brandon Timney, Chris Kearns, Paul Blair Welcome here with back. you on our second segment of the night. Circle two. So, <laughs> as we we started talking about in the intro, the weather is getting great. It's definitely not frightful. And uh, part of summer always brings up the bag shift. So, you know, in places like Michigan or my home away from home, Toronto, where I've never been, a lot of times <laughs> in the winter, you'll see us start throwing the flex plastic. You know, and not because it's got a big horse with wings and is super trendy. It's because it actually has some give when it's, oh, I, I don't so know what good. the Celsius is, but you know, it's like negative 20 here. So um, I know for me, the plastic is softer because I also don't want to throw, you know, a pro D disc into a tree and watch it explode like a Death Star. So, you know, if we kick it off with uh, my boy, Paul, I don't know if they make discs that just stay dry regardless of rain or anything, but um, you know, what is what is your bag? Does it shift at all? Do you change it seasonally? Do you? Yeah, doesn't get cold enough here generally, or if it does, I'm not out there. Because um, if it, I mean, when it, when it gets really cold here, which is we had about three days a year where it's like legitimately cold. I used to live in Green Bay, and so I, I know from cold. Okay, quiet there, Michigan. Uh, <laughs> And I, I completely get flex plastic for that purpose. Um, I will say there, there's absolutely a difference in natural grip between plastics in the wet and the dry. Uh, it's some, oh, yeah. it's the, the MVP's old formula fission, like that stuff never got wet. It, it, was, it was grippy and then if you got water on it, it just got grippier. It's a miracle plastic. And then they discontinued it because we can't have nice things. Um, <clears throat> the new fission is, uh, <clears throat> Well, it's easy to clean, so that's nice. Um, and I, it, it might be better in other ways. I haven't figured them out. Still throw it, but uh, but what else? Funny enough, the <coughs> flex plastic tends to also be pretty grippy. Uh, from Discraft's line, ESP, also pretty good in the wet. Uh, but a lot of folks here, um, for those of you that follow Ezra Aderhold's Instagram stories, you may have seen uh, a few weeks ago he was... He was throwing using some gloves and he was leaving black marks on all the discs because he's a monster. Uh, those those <laughs> gloves, uh, I forget the name of them. Friction I'm gloves. sure if they wanted to sponsor us, I could remember it. Uh, 
friction those things are fantastic gloves. in those okay friction gloves mm -hmm. thank you uh those are great sponsor in the rain us friction um, gloves. <laughs> we'll sponsor you i do sponsor you i'm getting not bad money. in the cold either I've, yeah. I've rocked the friction glove i tried them a few times i don't know i just rocked the the uh, birdie bag the mitten bag or uh in the winter i'll just rock with a little giant north face mitten with a hand warmer in it i will uh, say about... yeah that one thing that makes a bigger difference if we're going to talk about wet weather is uh, a good towel like a chamois style the mm -hmm. kind that you you have to get it wet for it to work you would you would think it's counterintuitive that it would work but those are fantastic in the rain it gets enough of the water off and doesn't matter how much wetter it gets i've seen people playing here <clears throat> they'll they'll come up with one of those chamois right before the round they'll throw it <laughs> into a mud puddle step on it wring it out and that's their towel for the round yeah uh, i don't eat lunch with those people but i but i, <laughs> I do have respect for their game but you can get them at AutoZone or O'Reilly's for pretty cheap. <laughs> Those people? Yeah. Auto parts stores. Oh. Yeah. So uh, how about you, Brandon? Uh, you like to get wet? Oh, you guys are <laughs> making me laugh so hard today. Um, so it's a little different for me. Uh, yeah, I throw some of the flex plastic in for the winter. Not as much. Um, I go more understable in the winter. Uh I have to wear more layers. Um, so for me, it's not even as much about the discs. It's about my flexibility and my ability to move as much. Uh, so when I'm wearing Under Armour and two sweaters because I don't want to wear a jacket, my, my movement is crazy restricted and I don't get the same arm speed I get in the summer. Uh, so mm -hmm. that's the first thing for me is I disc down everything in the winter. Uh, I'm throwing like... Avenger SS's and heats and I'm throwing my ESP Raptors instead of my Z Raptors and I, I'm changing plastic types for stability um, Because I don't have that movement. So when it gets to the summer, I'm definitely disking up a little bit I'm throwing more Z plastic uh, Than I am ESP plastic as much crystal plastic as I can. I really love how crystal feels in the summer I love how mm -hmm. crystal plastic mm -hmm. is like stable and sturdy, but it gets that little bit of gumminess to it when it's really warm out. Um, so it's, uh, I, I play with those little bit more stable plastics for sure. Uh, but I, I throw more overstable discs and higher speed discs too, because I can just move more. Uh, mm -hmm. When I'm playing in just a t-shirt, it's, it's incredible what that does for you playing where you can just be free and not worry about it. I was watching the mic'd up practice round the other day and uh, Sexton threw his first shot and he jokes with Yule and he's like, oh, you know, it's the first shot of your day when you don't realize how tight your mic cord is. <laughs> and he totally <laughs> tugged on his mic cord with the shot. And it's the same thing wearing a jacket or a sweater where the sleeves mm -hmm. are tight. It bugs you, right? It hinders you. Uh, so my bag changes in that sense. I also bring out my nicer plastic in the winter we get a lot in the summer sorry we get a lot of snow in the winter i don't want to lose stuff oh, yeah. in the snow um i don't like ribboning up it's kind of no. pain in the ass no 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 so uh, i have winter plastic that if i lose it in the snow it's got my name on it and i hope someone calls me in the spring when it thaws out <laughs> or when they find it um but it is what it you is you guys live in a nightmare universe <laughs> my summer plastic is is different right so my yuli shield raptors are back in my bag my alley lunas i tossed my i tossed some new 2021 tour series in the bag now for the uh Ooh. summer so i got a tour series fierce in there and uh 
played around with all the 2021 Lunas and for its sole purpose of what I'm using it for, I actually love the new stock Big Z's. They uh, flip up super flat and have a ton of glide in them. So I pop one of those in too. So I'm excited. I, I love my summer bag because it's like, I'm not even gonna call it summer bag from like middle of April till hopefully like October, this is the bag mm -hmm. I'll be using. Yeah. So I'm just trying to get for, in the field right now and get as many reps in as I can. So this, the, the accessories definitely change. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm did it in the winter. Um, oh, I will say this in Michigan, we will change seasonally. So in the fall, you're not going to see a lot of orange or red discs flying because those will just get instantly camouflaged on the ground by the leaves. But, um, Summer accessories, stuff I like to have. Crucial to have the mitten bag, for sure. Because even when it's not raining, shout Michigan out thrives. Jeff. Yeah, shout Michigan out Jeff. thrives in, uh, with humidity. You'll, you'll get a sweaty palm real quick. Um, the towels, I, I usually pack three to four. I got a couple of the waffle type, like the buzz towel. And, um, and then... I don't know if this you counts as a summer towels for a summer round. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always prepared. For what? A monsoon. For, you never know. Okay. Yeah, apparently let, I don't. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you something, pal. I'm calling right, you my, out. My for your first, towel addiction. My first ever. I did a giveaway once. Guess how many towels are in my trunk? Nobody was within <laughs> ten. There were like fifty. <laughs> I just washed them all. <laughs> You're sick. My, my second tournament ever, okay? I just have a little end of a competition bag, zero towels, no umbrella. We get like a 20-minute rainstorm. These dudes around me bust out sweet golf umbrellas, like baseball, <laughs> baseball dry bags, like pro pitchers, like towels, like blow dryers, all this crap. I'm just sitting there trying to throw wet-ass discs and that straight up... I'm playing a thousand foot hole and the disc comes out of my hand early and goes 40 feet. And I said to myself, never again, Chris Kearns, <laughs> but I digress. You what, guys, what are your, what are your summer accessories, Paul? <laughs> really quick, well, carry... really quick, Paul, before you tell us your summer accessories, Kearns on that note, you guys know my friend Clay, Clay plays yeah. Jones, good friend of the disc crap, Macbeth and Pierce collectors. Yeah, group. he got baptized recently. Huge shout out. <laughs> Huge did. He's been baptized a couple times, uh, and it's always helping other people too, which is the worst part. But uh, one time with <laughs> one time when it comes to to Clay, he he's just the nicest guy on the course, and uh, he's always Curz. You made me lose my train of thought. Can't do this to me. Baptized. Guys, I'm done. I've lost it. I'm gonna. Sometimes Whoa. he's the nicest guy in the course. <laughs> you, you screwed me, Kurtz. <laughs> Towels. Thank you. So the point is. So, so we were <clears> playing at ice The point is, Brandon time. has a friend and Chris <laughs> likes play. towels. This is why you tuned in, everyone. So we were playing at Ice Bowl one time. And the Ice Bowls here in Canada are very iffy because it's either an Ice Bowl or it's a bowl full of water and this year what happened was it was an ice bowl for three weeks up until the ice bowl and then two days before the ice bowl it decided to turn into like 70 to 65 degrees like beautiful outside 15 celsius everything melted 
So we played the first round, and Clay and I are playing in different divisions, and we're sitting eating chili uh, in between rounds because everyone has chili at this ice bowl. And I'm sitting there eating my chili, and I'm like, where's Clay? Like, doesn't he want this chili? It's fantastic chili. So I go out, and <laughs> Clay is in his car with all of the air vents full blast, with the shoes under the the heating vent, like under the dashboard with the air blowing full into them, with the towels laying over the vents coming out, just hanging his head. And I remember the look on his face that just told me, like, this is going to suck for round two. And we went out there, and we were so wet. And he had that one towel, and I gave him an extra towel out of his car. And this is why I say towels, because I remember giving him that towel and just the look of joy that small shred of joy I brought to him with a clean, fresh towel. So Chris Kearns, I feel you, brother. I feel the importance of your towels. They bring joy. Guess what, Paul? If you better pack enough towels for Ledgestone, because <laughs> if you run low, you better talk to Adam. Don't come talk to me. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. Uh, you know, my first couple of uh, trips to New York <clears throat> in the wintertime, uh, See, see we, we get enough rain here in Oregon that we know how to deal with water. And so you, you could tell the, the people that were from out of town, specifically from Oregon, because there's just, you know, you'd be in Manhattan, there's a sea of black trench coats, wool, right, and umbrellas. And then there'd be a couple of guys walking in, and I don't know how to pronounce this in Canadian, raincoats. It's, you know, that's, that's what we carry. You actually carry nailed that. Towel. That was perfect. And thank you. I've been working on my accent. Um, so I carry a towel and I carry a, a, a waterproof jacket, uh, Under Armour Shield technology, by the way. It's uh, non-restrictive. It breathes well. It's completely waterproof. It's windproof. You need that because what you just described, that's Oregon like nine months out of the year, or it can be. There, there aren't enough towels. So I guess if, if that's what you're bringing them for, if it's just because things get wet, well, that is amateur. We should get we should get you some pants and some and like a long shirt. It's made out of waterproof things. You can go out there like a big boy in the rain. Just your head gets wet. <laughs> how do you how are you gonna keep like all your discs? Boy. How are you gonna dry all your discs? With the <laughs> towel, the the chamois type. I, we covered this in an earlier segment. No, Don't make no, me. No one chamois towel boy, is not gonna keep all your shit mayhem? dry for one whole round. His shirt says mayhem, no Paul. Yeah. Mayhem. Come I feel on. Like he was a, <laughs> I feel like that's what the shirt of a someone who plays the Tonka trucks for a living would, would wear too. So I, I don't really know how to judge this one. I smashed oh all my, my Tonka God. trucks when I was 10. What's up now? <laughs> Back when you still had dry hands. Yeah. Oh, good old days. All right, what about, no, but what about my friend Brandon? What are your accessories? <laughs> what? My, ex my accessories? Well, Size uh, towels. <laughs> I, I need my phone. Like, if we're being real here, guys, like, my phone is... Mm. My number one disc golf accessory, and a lot of people. And a backup charger. Yes, absolutely, and a lot of people will say, you know, I'm a purist. I don't like to be on my phone when I'm playing disc golf. Well, I'm completely the opposite. Um, I have ADHD, right. like nothing, and just being there and being surrounded by people and just in the people. Sometimes even being completely Type A, I need to go away and see what my score is and just like hop on U disc and like change my music up um it's funny i used to i you would have said speaker um in the past but i've actually <laughs> changed that lately and not just because of you paul because uh 
I've actually found I enjoy it a little bit more when I'm like jamming in my own music. Uh, so I've started using earbuds a little bit more. I love my power beats. Uh, so I never go without my power beats anymore. Love how the arm just kind of like keeps them around my ear. I can throw drives as hard as I want to. I'm never scared of them coming out. Um, towel for sure. Um, but my minis uh, and a specific mini that I've become super, super um, like I feel crazy weird if I don't have it now. And it's my flapjack that Zack Zack gave me. And uh, it's a flapjack that not many people have. It's one of his like original runs that he uh, gave to me with uh, one of his stamped discs. So it's super, super special to me, Zach Zach, if you're listening. And uh, it is always in my bag and I don't use it, um, but it's always there and I'm a little superstitious about it. And uh, I love having it now. It's got like little glitter hearts inside of it. So that's probably like my number one. Like if I showed up, even though I wasn't using it and I looked in my bag and I realized that wasn't there, I wouldn't just have the worst round ever because the whole round I'd be thinking about where it was and like, shit, did I lose it? <laughs> Do you pull it out and you say, watch out, stand back. It's B Pat with the Zack Zack Flapjack sponsored by Wolfpack. That's exactly what I say. It's almost like we, we played disc golf that. together. Actually, it's, uh, it's, it would be fun to just carry a stack of those and be like, step back, you need a flapjack, and just throw it at someone. I, uh, speaking of throwing things at people, um, <laughs> never <laughs> carry extra bells when you're biking and throw them at people that don't ring their bells. It doesn't, end, it doesn't end well. So, you know, you could passive-aggressively be like, hey... <laughs> You should use a bell and then just like toss a bell to them. People don't like that. I uh, I learned the hard That's way. That's a thing? <laughs> I did. This it. has been your Canadian <laughs> etiquette tip of the day, sponsored by so, Common Sense. So I bike, with my, I bike with my family and I told my wife the other day, I was like, I'm going to carry a bag of bike bells to throw at the morons who fly past us at like, 18, 20 miles an hour on their bikes when my three and five-year-old are biking and don't ring their bell. They all have bells on their bikes. They just don't think, you know, this metal thing that makes a noise that alerts someone that I'm going by. So I was just like, you know, wouldn't it be really funny if I just had this bag of bells and as people rode by and didn't use it, I biked up to them really fast and like stopped them. I was like, hey, whoa, stop, stop. And then when they stopped, I was like, here, have a bell. And they're like, I have a bell. And then I'm like, well, then why didn't you use it, asshole? There's your Canadian etiquette minute. Anyways, passive aggressiveness aside, use your That's bell. Commitment. <laughs> this is my favorite disc golf podcast. <laughs> All right. Disc golf cycling variety hour, Paul. All right. So we got a couple of questions uh, from the chat. Uh so I don't know about you guys. What the question is: Do gloves help you guys any when it comes to grip, or do you feel better barehanded? Uh, I assume this is only in a disc golf context. Chris, what do you think? Well, you know, normally I'd say no glove, no love. But when it comes to disc golf, uh, I prefer no glove. I like the real thing. I want skin on plastic. Just how I roll. That's all you got to say, Chris. Sense. I agree. Sweet. Yeah, I have to say that for me, the, the it, it's really all about the rain. The friction gloves in the rain are, are it's it's like cheating. 
but it's legal cheating, so it's like having an advantage, which is, is not something I experience very often. So what about I, grip lock, though, situation. Paul? Do you find like you experience grip lock? Like, do you ever find like that the grip is too much with the gloves? No. You know, cool. you know what I roll with is O'Keefe's working hands. Ooh. Oh yeah. I don't know what that is, but it sounded like the kind of thing I should acknowledge. Oh, that I'm telling you right now. If you do, you Paul buy it. You don't like it, I'll reimburse you. Chris <laughs> Kern's guarantee. All right, Kern approved. That's right. F and right. I, don't, I hope I don't regret googling this. Working hands. Well, just don't Queef. misspell it. You know, don't don't look up O'Queefs. That'll be bad. Keith's company, working hands. It looks like it's some sort of... Okay, so this is a hand softening thing. Yeah, but they make the, the chapsticks Heels. good. For they have hands? working feet now. Yeah, they've diversified. I've got one okay. hot take topic I want to talk to you guys about before we roll out tonight. we got a couple skipping minutes ahead. left here. I'm skipping. I'm skipping ahead. <laughs> I'm skipping ahead. We could, we could talk. We can still talk approved discs. I mean, if you, if you had some... Yeah, we'll hold that for next time. That's good. We'll yeah, roll yeah. that for next time. We'll scorch you with some information, maybe when it's more Scorched relevant with Earth. a pretty sick Ledgestone release uh, teaser that looks freaking awesome. If you guys have seen the new Ledgestone uh, stamp for the Scorch coming out. Uh, hot take. Uh, here in our Canadian forums, this was a topic of like crazy debate this week. So I wanted your guys' take on it. I don't know if we've talked about this before. Uh, so my opinion is no uh, I'll hear from you guys. <laughs> All right. Disc thank you for your feedback. <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> disc golf bags should be limited to a certain amount of discs. If you think it should, how many discs, even if you don't think it should say it was going to, what would you think is reasonable? Chris, let's start with you, buddy. So just so I understand, you said your opinion was no. So if we go fill in the blank here, disc golf bags should be should limited to be. no discs. No, disc golf bags. <laughs> that is hot yes, take. Yes, 100%. That is that a is hot, hot take. That is hot as shit. Uh, my, my no hot discs, take only is, bells. Yes, only bells. Yeah. <laughs> Unlimited bells and whistles. And not the ones uh, that go ring, ring, the ones that go ding, ding. Anyways. <laughs> I really don't care i mean bring whatever weapons you want for battle i don't care bring it on i mean i guess the only way i would start to care is if it was interfering with pace of play somehow like if you really were going back and forth that's the really the only way i'd care at all i i give i don't care zero percent <laughs> uh I think it absolutely should be in lower divisions. I think that especially in in like the the very lowest divisions where you got people who are doing their first tournaments don't know what they're doing. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you you can already tell when somebody shows up with their grip AX4 stuck in a cart and their forty seven discs. Like, there there's like that's first of all, is that really is that really the guy He's that should be in that division? Me. I'm actually talking about myself, um, but. <laughs> But I think that there's, I think one of the big problems that, uh, that, and this is a whole separate topic, sorry, but one of the problems that entry-level disc golf faces as a hurdle is, uh, as with many hobbies, people have a tendency to try to buy their way out of, a, out of practicing. You know, I, I know plenty of people 
hosting this podcast that spend more time collecting <laughs> and, and organizing and, and buying and selling discs than they do in the field uh, throwing any of them. And I think that if, you know, if, if, um, you know, if we had uh, rules, if even just in the early amateur divisions that limited you to, to 10 discs, I think it would make people learn better. So in terms of like effect on the actual tournaments, no, I don't think it's really that important. Um, I think in terms of access to the game, it's already one of the more affordable games. And, you know, you Macbeth won a tournament. Was, was it an A tier? Was it a B? I think it was a B tier. Anyway, he won a tournament last year with three discs that he had in, like, <laughs> in his car. You don't need 27 discs to win. What you need is to be able to throw three of them really, really well. Um, and I think that that is not impressed on new people. And I think just to continue on my soapbox dad rant here, uh, there's no vested interest in the disc golf disc providers, either the companies that make them or the companies that sell them in local retail. There's, there's no interest in them uh, telling people to, you know, not pack so many discs because they, and they should sell them sell them as you want try them all but carry three until you can par the whole course yeah practice it. with practice with as many as you want but that, that's a great idea paul actually i like it yeah I mean, if you're going to carry 20 discs i'll just i'm going to continue a little bit get 10 of your mid-range 10 of your putters and like two drivers go throw your drivers and then throw all your mid-ranges and pick them up. Yes, you'll be slow, but we already faced that problem. Then you're just doing field work and haven't realized it. Once you do realize it, then you can actually do field work and become good. It's a recipe for success, or at least sucks less. Dig it. Well, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Paul. Uh, it's been an awesome night, as thank always. You, <laughs> We've got some giveaways for our amazing sponsors. Sweet Spot Disc Golf and Wolf Pack Discs. Ooh, Wolf Pack. Wolf Pack. Uh, so we're going to do Sweet Spot Disc Golf first. We got their beautiful website up for grabs. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, folks. Yes, we're giving uh, away the website, everyone. There's not a lot of you here. There's only eight of you. So uh, guess what? You got a good chance of winning the giveaway tonight. And we got a keyword for the, the giveaway. And the keyword for that giveaway is sweet. So I want to see you type sweet in the chat s w e e t sweet in the chat once we get a couple people there i'll roll it <laughs> oh look paul's eligible <laughs> <laughs> there we go we got a couple people Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Vince. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, David. And if you're listening on our audio version, don't worry. Our Wolfpack Disc giveaway, along with our Sweet Spot and Wolfpack giveaways from last week, uh, will be available through a contest on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at C-I-R-C-L-3-Cast. That's Circle3Cast. We're going to roll it. Our winner is Sean Dixon. <laughs> Sean Dixon is our winner. Congratulations, Sean. You deserve it, buddy. You're the winner of the Sweet Spot Disc Golf giveaway this week. And uh, two weeks from now, we are going to bring you a banger of a podcast. Um, we don't have confirmed dates right now because I know uh, she wanted to spend some uh, extra time getting ready for W uh, for 
not WGE, for the women's major uh, right now, controversial women's major, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, a little bit two weeks from now, especially if she's mm-hmm. on the podcast with us. But Miss Vanessa Van Dyken, uh, who Gangster. I had the pleasure of chatting with the last couple days, and she's super excited to join us on the podcast. Uh, still to come, hopefully, Mr. Eula Berry and Mr. Kim Scott Wood joining us for an episode. Uh, we got some fun guests planned. If you know anyone you want to be on the podcast, please let us know. Oh, Ben Calloway. He he hit me back up, said he'd love to be on the podcast, too. So we're going to get some awesome stuff planned nice. for you guys. Uh, so, yeah, tune in. Follow us on Instagram. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Chris, any final thoughts, sir? Um... You can't change a, uh, a pickle back to a cucumber. That's all I got for you. You can not. Paul, nope. what about you? I'm just excited that I finally found a use for a green disc. That was genius. Really I handy. love that. It's that pretty was cool. so good. <laughs> I had a lot of fun today. I did too. It's nice just hanging out with you guys. It's, uh, it's always a good time. Are we going to have to do some yep. kind of special thing uh, at Ledgestone since Paul and I will be chilling? That'd be fun. It'd be yeah, fun we'll to do like a, yeah, we'll do something. Maybe maybe a little like uh, maybe a little practice round or something like that. I think yep. that'd be a really good time. Find so, a couple pros and mess up the practice rounds. You guys just like tag along and ask them crazy shit. I think that'd be great. Anyways, kind of the plan anyway. This has been Circle 3, Episode 5. Thank you guys so much for joining us. To our loyal eight viewers on YouTube, we appreciate it. That number was higher at points. I shouldn't shouldn't be so... uh, (laughs) I shouldn't be downplaying that. You're making us look bad for the number 19 golf podcast in Canada. Jeez, I know. But but Mm. possibly the number one disc golf podcast in Slovenia. So... Here's to trying for bigger and better things next week. Um, we thank our guests this week. No one. Uh, but as you said, Chris, it was a really awesome time. Just hanging out with the two of you guys, chatting it up. We will be back with you two weeks from now, Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern with Circle 3. Uh, and check us out tomorrow, as I said, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. C-I-R-C-L 3 cast on Instagram. I'm Brandon. That's Chris. Paul. I'm Paul. Paul on the bottom. That's Thanks true. for joining us, guys. This was Circle Three. Deuces. <laughs>